0: to see everybody just having a blast catching up saying good morning meeting new people Uh, my mother-in-law's here vanessa's mom marga her sister her husband ignacio and uh is marga here yeah so i know everybody's been praying for her thank you as she's uh a missionary abroad and uh Anyway, we are happy that you're here. And now that Christmas has finished up, we're looking uh, towards 2017. Hope you didn't stay up as late as I did last night. Brain's a little foggy. That's right. When we are weak, he is strong. And, um, you know, it seemed like there were more fireworks this year, didn't it? Then, yeah. Is that a good thing? Yes. Applaud if you think that's a good thing. Okay, boo if you think that's a bad thing. Oh no, I'm going to applaud, yeah, I think we love fireworks, and yeah, it seems like it's coming back. I I miss the days when you're driving through and it feels like a war zone, and the nights there's no air coming through, it's like you can't even see in front of you. you almost hit kids, like oh, I miss those days, so hopefully we can bring it back. So with New Year's comes New Year's resolutions, how many of you are doing New Year's resolutions this year? It's like, it's becoming more and more unpopular. It's like, you feel shame now, just, oh yeah, me, I'm making a resolution. Why is that? Resolutions are, I think, a lot of fun. You know, it's like a great opportunity to be able to see something new in the new year happen, right? It's like, you messed up all of that year, right? The old year. So you go, okay, I'm going to start something new. It's like you get all your slate wiped clean. Isn't that cool? And with Jesus, it does work like that, you know. If we are if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So it's like God cleans our slate each each day, each time we come to him. And the new year I think is a chance to be able to say, "Wow, I have my slate clean." This is like what am I going to do? You have an empty slate and you're like, "Lord, fill it up. What what is truly important?" Now, some resolutions that are very popular in the new year, get organized, help others, learn something new, get out of debt. The Kozumas were great teaching us the financial peace university with Dave Ramsey. That's something my wife and I are doing. Quit smoking, drink top. I think that's a typo. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be stop drinking. <laughs> oh, we got enjoy life more. I like that. Uh, watch less TV. I need to do that. Eat healthier. I need to do that. Get fit. I need to do that. There we go. There we go. Real time <laughs> corrections. I like that. That's, that's big. That's cool. Good job. Spend more time with my family. Year in, year out. These are some of the top resolutions that people have. So you might not have too much faith in keeping your New Year's resolutions, but today I want to talk about four new resolutions for the new year, not about these kinds of things, losing weight or exercising more, but things that we can focus on in our lives that God wants for our lives. What does God think? are the top resolutions for us as a follower of Jesus. God, we can ask this question. What do you want my life to be about this year? What do you want? Not what do I want, but what do you want my life to be about? And so you might have heard the expression, don't sweat the small stuff. And that's a good saying. I like that little book, don't sweat the small stuff. And we shouldn't sweat the small stuff But we should sweat the big stuff, shouldn't we? We should sweat the big stuff. We should order our lives around what is truly important, not to ourselves again, but to God. So the best way I thought, you know, I think we did this a few years back to help us get an illustration on how to arrange our lives correctly is this I got from, you know, Seven Habits, Stephen Covey. He does this great Can Google it. I love it. Seven habits is great. We we did that recently. And we're talking about the big rocks in our lives, the things that are truly important. Big rocks. The things that God says are should be our resolutions or top priorities. And so we have some big rocks here. And then we have all the small stuff. You know, all the things that are they're important too. We think, oh, the small stuff's not important. But you know, like all the things in our lives that we really have to do daily things, tasks. We have to look out for all these things in our lives. And it seems like there's a million things nowadays, right, that are important, but maybe aren't God's top priorities for our lives. So I went and went to Sandy Beach, and I collected all this sand. People were looking at me kind of weird, but that's okay. And, you know, I'm like thinking, okay, that's like my life. A lot of times in my life, I'm kind of consumed with all the important, but maybe not the biggest things in life. And so what we try to do is we fill our lives, and I know I'm going to spill this. I'm just wondering how much. And we try to fit our lives like this bowl with all this stuff. And we're like, okay, I'll take care of this, and i got to take care of that. And there's a little book that I had a pastor give me when I was... The first coming to the Lord is called the tyranny of the urgent. And that's what happens. You know, we get all this stuff that's so important. And then we start to say, oh, wow, look, we're almost filled up. I'm so stressed. I can't have any more room. Well, not so bad for all this stuff. And then we start to say, okay, now I'm going to put into my life, oh, Pastor Max said I, I should do this. Okay, and you try to fit it in. Oh, I remember growing up, the Bible says, oh, okay, try to fit it in there. Try to fit in all this stuff, but yet it doesn't work out. It's like we just don't have enough space in our lives because we have prioritized wrong. But what if we could do it differently, right? What if we put in the big rocks first? So now here's where it's going to have Okay, made it. Whew. Okay? Okay. And so I've spilt this already, so I I had a limited amount of sand. Before, the illustration was even better because it was higher, but I spilt so much, and I'm only going to the beach once to collect sand. So what if we put in all the important things in life, the things that the Bible says are truly important, the things that God knows we function best when we live like that, we put it in our bowl first. We make it a priority in our new year, in our lives. And then we surround all the big stuff with the little stuff. The things that are urgent but important. All the things in our families that we know we got to do. Kids' sports. Okay, we're going shopping. <laughs> got to get all this stuff. Food. Making meals. All this stressful stuff. Even work and stuff like that. And then we fit it around. There we go fit it around, put it all in here, see, and we just put it right in here, like we're baking a cake, here we go, (laughs) there we go, so nice, okay, and we fit it all nice and neat, nice and neat, and put a little happy face on the thing, okay, I would show it to you guys, but then, (laughs) but then I know I'm going to tip it over, so just trust me, it all fits, it's a nice. Neat baking, uh, nice cake for our lives. Anyway, so that's how God wants us to prioritize our lives. You know, Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. I love that verse. You're looking for a life verse. A lot of times, you know, you need a life verse. This is a great one to have. I would recommend that too, maybe in your new year. And I say, yeah, I want to see what God's vision for my life is. I would recommend, hey, this is a great one to begin with. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. See, when we do life the other way around, nothing seems to fit. And all the big, important God things seem to get squeezed out. So it sounds easy enough. Okay, I'm going to put in the God things. I'm going to put in the important things first. But we all know it's not that easy. It really takes God's wisdom. God has to supernaturally give us wisdom how to prioritize our lives, how to do life correctly. And what does God consider the big stuff, the big rocks that our lives should be about? You can write it in your notes if you have a pen in, um, in your bulletins. Number one, the big rock. Number one, prayer. Prayer. So the first big rock that God wants us to focus on in the New Year is prayer. And when you go back to the life of Jesus, you're looking at spiritual disciplines, and these are really what they are, disciplines that we have to learn how to do, learn how to be about, then we always look at the life of Jesus. You know, we can read a book, a leadership book, or great book, uh, uh, even different books in the Bible. I always recommend going right back to the life of Jesus. What did Jesus do? And there were so many times in the Gospels where Jesus woke up early in the morning. The Bible says, before the sun came up, Well, it was still dark, and he prayed. He went out to be with his Abba. Remember what Abba means? Like, Daddy, Dad. He went to be with his Dad early in the morning. He pray, He placed a big priority on hearing his dad's voice, him and his Abba, Father. And in Luke chapter 11 and in Matthew chapter 6, it's recorded the disciples come up to him and they're asking him this awesome question. Jesus, like Rabbi, teach us how to pray. Well, how do we pray, Jesus? And he says, Luke chapter 11, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. And this prayer is known as the Lord's Prayer. And it's popular. Everyone knows the Lord's Prayer. We say it a little bit differently. Two Gospels record it a little bit differently. Basically the same as we come to say it and pray it. And the Lord's Prayer is a model prayer. Taught to his disciples. Jesus taught to his disciples. And Jesus isn't teaching us if we should pray. Notice that. He's saying that when you pray, say these things. And it's presupposed. Jesus is saying, it's not a matter of if, but when. This is a normal Christian life. This is how you pray. And prayer, a lot of times we think, oh man, maybe even guys. I'm just speaking to the guys now like, You know, we think, oh, I'm not as good as praying (laughs) as my wife. I'm not as good as praying as the the ladies in the prayer group. I go to their prayer sessions. It's like so powerful. I'm not sure what to say. And the cool thing about it is God isn't looking for big fancy words or eloquent sermons to the Lord. You know, sometimes people get so holy when they pray. But prayer isn't a fancy thing. It's just a communication thing. Just simply talking. It's like a two-way conversation. We talk to God, then we listen. Just like we have a normal conversation with a normal person. We talk to them, and then we listen. A lot of times in prayer, we forget to listen. And not only in prayer, but in conversation, right? We don't take time to understand, listen to understand. We take time to, you know, okay, we listen so that we can reply. So we're like, just listen. Just be in the Lord's presence. Talk to your Heavenly Father, just like Jesus. Jesus modeled it. And that's what prayer is, talking and listening. So you can just go throughout your normal day, walking down the street, all I'm on in the busyness of things, and instead of letting all these things come and overtake you, you can say, look, I'm putting my big rock first. Throughout the whole day, I'm talking with God. I'm listening to God. Is that good? So this new year... Resolve to make time in your day to pray. That's number one. Number two, second big rock is the Bible. The Bible. So as you read the Bible every day, you can use your Bible reading plan. And I would say, now more than ever, church, let's do this together. Okay, It's really an awesome tool that we have together. And we can be like a school of fish, a flock of birds. Okay, we're thinking we're on the same page, literally, in the Bible. Okay, so that let's, let's use this. And as you read the Bible, you're going to see the Holy Spirit illuminate certain things to you, like Miley, she is uh, serving the Lord. Remember, she came up, gave testimony how God gave her a job. And she said, Pastor Max, you know, when I'm reading the Bible now, certain things just, like, jump off the page at me. It never happened to me before but now it says jumping off the page. That's the Holy Spirit just highlighting like with his highlighter. Wow, he wants you to get something. So the Holy Spirit's going to reveal things to you, reveal things about himself, reveal things about yourself. Hebrews 4:12 says for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So we don't really read the Bible. But according to this verse, it actually, the Bible, God is reading us. He's going and doing like surgeon stuff, He's going in there and doing some great heart surgery. 2 Timothy 3, As for you, continue in what you have learned and become convinced of because you know those from who you've learned it and how from infancy have known the Holy Scriptures, the Bible, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All Scripture, this is another great verse, All Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in Righteousness. So that the servant of God, that's all of us, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So as you come before the Lord, you're going to start to see the Lord teaching you certain things. The Lord is going to be rebuking you on certain things. Lord, and he does this to me a lot. Like, oh, You see how you mess it up there? He's going to be speaking to me through the word of God. You know what? Don't be afraid to just ask for forgiveness. Just come clean. I was teaching my kids about confessing on a daily basis. Yes, we're forgiven, but we have to like brush our teeth, take a bath every day, get clean. Come to the Lord. Ask the Lord for forgiveness on a daily basis. You feel you receive his forgiveness time and time again. It's extended to us. Rebuking, correcting. It's going to go off course a little bit. He's going to bring us right back on course. Training in righteousness, how to live in a right relationship with God so that we can function in the right order. Amen. Okay, Second Timothy, we know that. So these are kinds of things the Bible can help us with. And you know, a lot of times we think, Oh, I'm not being fed at this church. And as your pat one of your pastors, Pastor Mark and myself and leaders in the church, Pastor Sunny, we want to be able to equip all of the church, for what we need to do, how to live life correctly, how to bring glory to the Lord. Like, why are we here? And we want to be equippers. But you know, the Pastor Mark, if we're looking to the church or to the pastors for all of that, just like if we send our kids to a school and we expect the kids to be taught everything in school, no, it's not going to work. You have to learn how to feed yourself. You have to learn how to be equipped from the Holy Spirit, from the Word of God. Amen? So as we get into the Word, you're going to say, I'm responsible to feed myself. It's not up to my church. It's not up to this. the sermon time. is. I kind of look at it like, yes, there's Bible teaching, there's preaching. It's like, yeah, we're going to celebrate the Lord here, kind of a rallying point in the week, but this is not where we get fed. I mean... It partly is, but the majority of your week is going to be in the Word with you and the Lord and growing and feeding yourselves, yeah? So are you filled? Are you full? Are you content? Like, or are you hungry? Are you thinking, yeah, in this new year, I feel hungry. And that's okay because we can come to the Lord and say, Lord, oh yeah, I'm just going to get in the Word a little bit every day, a little bit. And the Bible reading plan is great because it's not too much. It's not too much. The Lord's just going to give you Is filling each and every day. His word is like bread to us. We're going to eat every day. Amen? Okay, so that's number two. Resolve to make time in your day to read the Bible. The next big rock, number three, fellowship. You can write in your notes. Big rock number three, fellowship. And you know, uh, with Jesus, just like it is, uh, looking at his example, the early church is another great example to look at. Wow, how did they do church, you know? Uh, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were set on fire. And God changed, rocked these guys. They were holed up in a room, scared that they were next after Jesus going to be killed. And these were just normal, everyday dudes, fishermen. And they were, you know, just worried. What's going to happen to us? But then the Holy Spirit came and filled them. Jesus was alive. Jesus revealed himself. And then they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And look what happens in Acts chapter 2. This is what their lives became about after they had just been totally rocked by Jesus. Acts chapter 2, 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, underline that, and the breaking of bread, and to prayer. So we start to see what they were resolute on. What they were... What their big rocks were. What were they? Big rocks, right? It says they were devoted to the uh, apostles' teaching, which is the Word of God, right? That's one of our rocks, right? Uh, They're devoted to the breaking of bread. Communion. Communion is what we celebrated today. So they were devoted themselves to doing that, taking the Lord's Supper. They were also devoted to... uh, Prayer, and we were just talking about prayer. They devoted themselves to that. That's another one of their big rocks. And to fellowship. So fellowship, we're going to be concentrating on that. Now, what is fellowship? Fellowship, uh, a Greek term in the Bible that is used is koinonia. Koinonia. That's one of my favorite words. I love this word. Koinonia means this, to have in common or to share. To have in common or to share. And koinonia is, is, I think, one of the best words in the Bible. It's, it's so impactful. And as a Christian, we're called to share the life of Christ together. To share the life of Christ, to have in common with one another so that we would encourage each other to grow spiritually. So that we would function in the right way. We'd have our lives being glorified to the Lord. And koinonia or fellowship was overflowing in the early church. Check this out. Acts 242, 243. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. So God was doing some really cool things, right? They're filled with awe. Yeah, you know, you're like. You're just miracles, things going on. People were filled with awe. All the believers were together. I love that, together is a really important term. And had everything in common. Koinonia, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together. See a theme here? Together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number, those who were being Daily, those who are being saved. So how can we have koinonia here in our church? That's a great question. I would just say, ask ask yourself that question. Ask the Lord, Lord. How can we, I can be a part of having koinonia fellowship in our church? Now, it won't look exactly like it did in the first century church, the early church, but it'll be about the same things. Amen? It'll look totally different, but be about the same things. So how do we do that well i would say look around just yeah physically go like this move your neck like that look around check out the people next to you give them the eye okay okay not the evil eye just not not stink eye just look at them okay do you know their names the people sitting next to you do we know their names it's a little bit i know so if you're a guest you're like i don't know anybody's name this is so dumb Okay, hey, if you're the person doesn't like to do that in church, then you're really irritated with me right now. But that's okay, because this is the point. We want to get to know the people around us. We want to get to have things in common and to share with them. And this is what the early church was doing. This is what fellowship is all about. And this is one of our big rocks that we need to be about. So may the Lord just continue to do that in our lives. Like say, yes, I'm going to, this year, be devoted to fellowship. I'm going to look around, get to know some people in my church, invite them over for dinner. You know, you can invite your pastor over for dinner anytime you want. <laughs> Amen. So we just, you know, want to learn to do things together. Amen. Share life together. Go out to lunch with them, coffee. You know, just call them up, make friends. And we can do that. But a lot of times, guess what stands in the way? What? All this other stuff, yeah? Oh, I don't have time. Make it a priority, okay? Do whatever it takes. So that's what koinonia is about. You know, yesterday was so awesome. We were able to help. How am I doing on time? We're getting close. Yesterday was so awesome. You know, guys came out Uh, we we just trying to round up some guys to come and help out one of the families from the angel tree project dad died suddenly left four girls and we were able to help them move from their place and so we took over a van a couple trucks and we did it all all in two hours we went moved the family into their new place and we were all there and we were able to pray for them in their new place, pray over their family, pray over their new place. And it was really a blessing for that family, right? But it was a blessing for us too. It was a lot of Koinonia fellowship going on. We were sharing, just laughing, you know, and just, it was so much fun. So thank you to all of you. And then, you know, continue just to do these things. Next Step Shelter together. You know, all these things coming up this year. Let's be about Koinonia this year. And Kate, okay, that's number three. And number four, finally, go and make disciples. That's the last big rock for today. Go and make disciples. Matthew 4, 17, from that time Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, picture him now, he's walking by the Sea of Galilee. Saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, because they were fishermen. Then he said to them, Guys, he said, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. I love that. Follow me. I'm going to make you fishers of men. Men, just to let you know, we're going to have a, a night fishing time. Neil Markami, Pastor Sonny, Pat, John Skidelsky, all the fishermen. This news to Neil. He, he's going to, they're going to take us night fishing. January 21st, okay? That's another koinonia thing. Forgot to mention. Everybody's invited if you're a man. (laughs) Sorry, no women allowed. Women, you got to organize your own thing. So, uh, this is the same thing. Fishermen, Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I love that. They immediately left their nets and followed him. So, Jesus, he's our example, right? We're looking at the life of Jesus. What did he do? We want to follow his example. And so Jesus spent his life with these 12 men, right? And he was really just pouring into them. He really concentrated on three of them and just making disciples. And that's what I want to be about, my life to be about this year. Like I said, I'm really concentrating on three guys that I can pour my life into and iron sharpens iron and we can do some discipleship together. But it doesn't just stop with in the church. And right here, God wants us to go and make disciples. It was a big rock that was non-negotiable for Jesus. Non-negotiable for us as disciples, followers of Jesus who are learning how to be fishers of men. The Great Commission, then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you. Surely he's with us to the very end of the age. So that's known as the Great Commission, right? And it's, it's 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 an awesome thing. And it's a great big honor that we've been invited. Think about that. We've been invited to participate in this awesome task to go and make disciples. God has commissioned you. God has commissioned us as his disciples to go and make other disciples. He believes in us. He is with us. Isn't that cool? So, 2017, make it a year where you're saying, yeah, that's a big rock for me. I'm going to go and make disciples. You know, Jesus has called you to follow him, but he didn't just stop there. He gave our lives purpose and meaning. And I love that. The Great Commission is so packed with that. Your life has so much eternal significance and meaning. And if we are able to say, Jesus, do what you want with my life this year. Help me to be a disciple maker Make fishers, be a fisher of men. right? What God, what significance, what purpose comes out of that? Wow. You wake up in the morning and say, yes, Lord. Who is it going to be today? How can I continue to see this person grow closer and closer to them, pray for them, love on them, teach them, say, follow me as I follow Jesus. I'm not perfect. But follow me as I follow Jesus in his grace. Amen? That's what Jesus did. And we're just following his example. So, seek first his kingdom. Going back to Matthew 6.33. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So many times we have it backwards, right? But Jesus wants to put things in the right sequence, in the right priority. Let's do things differently this year. As a church, let's help each other. Like, we really need one another to to say, hey, brother, hey, sister, help me out so I can put my life in the right priorities. Resolve to go and make disciples. Okay? So, none of it will be easy. All of it (laughs) will be hard, guaranteed. In fact, it's impossible. You can try and try and try. You always put in the sand first. If you do it in your own power, in your own strength, you can say, I really want to do it this year. This year's going to be different because I really want to. I can tell I'm super motivated, but it won't work. You're just going to put in the sand first. It happens every time because of our sinful nature. We're just selfish. Even though we've been forgiven, we still have that sinful nature holding on to us. So what we have to do is say, Holy Spirit, God, please help me. Only in your power and strength can I flip it upside down because, after all, it is an upside-down kingdom, right? Jesus, help me. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. That's my life verse. And that's an awesome verse for this new year, isn't it? So why don't we go ahead and stand together as a church, and we're going to ask the Lord, Lord, please help me. I can't do it in my own power. I can't do it in my own strength. But Lord, through you, we can do it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, God, that you are the one who's able to arrange our lives in the right way. And a lot of times we have it exactly the opposite of how we, you want us to live, how we function best. Lord, and God, this year, 2017, God, we ask, Lord, that you would help us to put the big rocks in there first. And on a daily basis, we would come in your grace, Lord, out of the abundance of your love and all the things that you've done for us, Lord, on the cross and how you were raised from the dead three days later. And you're alive, and you have come to live within us and teach us how to do life correctly. Not that we would be perfect, but it would be glorifying to you, Lord, because you're working through us. And so, Lord, we give you every single bit of our lives. We give you the big rocks. We give you all the sand. And, Lord, we ask that you would put it in the right order for us because we can't do it. We've tried... But we fail we've tried and we're tired we tried and we're disappointed we tried and it's just too frustrating because we just can't seem to get it right so holy spirit come and i would just ask you if you would just hold out your hands and as as a sign to the lord just say lord come help me i need your help prioritize my life lord help me to put the big rocks in there first can you hold out your hands as if you're receiving A present, the Holy Spirit would be coming to you supernaturally even right now. He would be giving you the power to live for Him. The power to see you get into the Word of God. The power to be somebody of prayer. The power to be somebody who fellowships and has koinonia going on with them. And the power to go and make disciples of all nations. Starting right here in our own family, in our families, in our workplaces, and anywhere the Lord would send us. We thank you so much, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.